Again, good morning to everyone and to those of you joining us from online or listening to our podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson, and today we continue in the series about wisdom. We're talking about wisdom as being different than knowledge or information. We all know things and hear things from all kinds of ways around the world. It's what we do with that information and knowledge that's important. That's what wisdom is, how we utilize wisdom uh, and knowledge. For example, we know how to split the atom question is, should we do that? If we do that, what do we do with that energy? Do we feed uh, the energy cells of all of a city or do we blow up another nation, right? So we have information and knowledge. It's what we do with it. There's where we're kind of leaning on God to give us wisdom. So we've been going into the Bible and looking for wisdom about ways to practically live our lives. And so today we're going to continue in that. So thanks everybody for being here to be a part of this. Um, I want to give you a glimpse into the life of my family, my wife, Laura, my sons, Luke and Nathan, uh, 10th grade, 6th grade. Uh, when we're in the car together, all four of us driving, it can be for an interesting mix. And maybe this sounds familiar to some of the times that you've been in the car with your family. A couple of us will be in the front seat. We'll be having a conversation, something like, hey, it'd be great for us to go try that new Chick-fil-A sandwich that has the pimento cheese and the honey and the jalapeno peppers. Anybody had that yet? It is good. Like, I love that sandwich. <laughs> I'd love to go today, but they're closed on Sunday. But that's a good reason, though, right? So their, their employees can go and be in church. But uh, So anyway, Nathan and I love the sandwich. We love it. We love everything about it. Luke and Laura like it. They just don't like the jalapenos on it. So, uh, But anyway, that's, that's what it is in our family. Anyway, so two of us in the front seat having this conversation, and then we shift to another conversation. About five minutes later, the back seat chimes in, hey, you know what we should do? We should go to Chick-fil-A and try out that new chicken sandwich, Right? We just said that. Were you guys not listening to us, right? So in the same car, this small, confined space, not necessarily listening to each other carefully. You guys have that experience in your families. Maybe hopefully we're not the only ones that do that. Uh, back in, I think it was 2006, when uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was going to retire from the Supreme Court, she was a Supreme Court justice, the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, was uh, tasked to interview the candidates to replace her. Uh, and they were interviewing one of the candidates, uh, Supreme Justice, or well, he was a Justice Alito at the time. Uh, and so there were 15 of these senators that were interviewing him, eight Republicans and seven Democrats. And each senator had 30 minutes to interview the candidates. Uh, and so they brought in uh, Justice Alito to interview him. Uh, and would you be surprised that out of 15 senators who had 30 minutes in front of like 500 you know tv cameras that only two of them allowed the candidate to speak more than they spoke does that surprise you right 15 senators right 13 spoke more interviewing the candidate than they listened to him right that's not great listening is it right um, back in the early, late 1990s, early 2000s, there was a series of movies called Rush Hour. Maybe you guys saw some of these. We got a photo of uh, the stars Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Uh, and they play two different police officers from two different countries, two different cultures. Uh, and it's a funny movie, a set of movies. It's a comedy. It's an action series. I can't uh, endorse everything from a pastor perspective in these movies. But uh, there's a lot of humor based upon how the cultural differences are, are, are funny together and how they don't understand each other because they speak two different languages, Chinese and English. Uh, and one of the catchphrases is, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And so Jackie Chan at first does not understand Chris Tucker. And so Chris Tucker repeats 
what he said in English louder. Don't we, you ever notice that you do that? You're speaking to someone who speaks a different language. They don't understand it. So we yell it at them. Hello, can you tell me how to get to the grocery store? Hello, can you tell me how to get to the grocery store, right? Because quiet English, they don't understand, but loud English, they do understand. So, you know, that's culturally pretty insensitive, right? But do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Today, we're going to focus on the wisdom of listening. And ironically, I'm going to talk about listening, so that's kind of funny. But uh, I just encourage you to think today, in your life, what's your experience of people listening to you? How many people really hear you? They listen to you. They care about you. They can repeat what you said. They know what you're saying, that you truly feel like you have been valued and you have been heard. And on the flip side of that, what kind of a listener are you? Right? If, if you were to get a grade from A to F of being a good listener, where would you be? Would you be in a, hey, I'm a great listener, right? Maybe B, you know, I catch most things that people say to me. Maybe C, nah, I'm, I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst. What kind of a grade would you get to be a listener? Let's think about that today because there's a lot of wisdom in being a good listener. Uh, during this series, we're spending a lot of time in the book in the Old Testament called Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. And it was written by a, a man named Solomon, King Solomon. He was one of the greatest kings of Israel, the, the, the land of God in the, in the Bible in the Old Testament. It was about a 1,000 years before Jesus. And God came to him one day knowing he's going to be king, and he said, Solomon, what can I do for you? What, what would you like me to do for you? You know, most of us would be like, make me rich, make me good-looking, right? Oh, maybe have an easy life. Solomon answered, make me wise. I need wisdom, God. I need wisdom to lead my family. I need wisdom to lead my, our nation. And so Solomon asked for wisdom, and he was granted wisdom, and he wrote a lot of wisdom down. So let's look at what the book of Proverbs teaches us today about the wisdom of listening. Proverbs 1.5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. So people who listen are called wise by God. So let the wise listen and add to their learning. All right, let's go to the next one. Proverbs 18.13, to answer before listening... That is folly and shame, right? To answer before we listen to someone, right? You ever done that? You've been in a conversation, you want to talk so much, you don't listen to what they're saying. To answer before you listen is foolishness, folly, and shame, right? Something we wanted to avoid. And one more from the book of Proverbs, right? Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues, right? So even if you're foolish and you sit quiet, you're, you're seen as wise because you're not, right, proving it the opposite. But anyway, right, so Solomon from God is teaching us that it's important to listen. Well, I'll share some quotes from uh, some everyday people. Maybe you remember Larry King. He interviewed like 50,000 people in his lifetime as a professional um, television personality kind of thing. He said this, I've never learned anything while I was talking. Never learned anything while I was talking. Mark DeMoss, who wrote a book, The Little Red Book of Wisdom that inspired this sermon series, says this, I've learned that good listening is an act of the will and an exercise of the intellect, right? So being a good listener is a choice. It's something that we can do if we think about it and we focus on it, right? It's an act of the will. I'm, I'm going to choose to listen today. It's an exercise of the intellect, right? I can do this. And he has one more thing to say. The advice to shut up or be quiet and listen contradicts the human desire to be noticed or to be known. But not every good thing is easy, right? We, we want to be noticed, we want to be known, but when we're listening, we can't do that. So it's hard for us sometimes to be a good listener. But he says, you know, good things are often hard. Right? So again, 
What kind of listener are you? Do you listen to other people? A to F, where would you fall? What does it look like to be a good listener? Now I want to go into the New Testament. We've seen some of the Old Testament from Solomon, this great king, this wise king. I want to look in the book of James. Uh, James is traditionally attributed to Jesus' brother, James. That's pretty cool, right? A lot of us might not even think Jesus had family, but Jesus' brother, James, who was a key leader in the early church in the city of Jerusalem. And he's uh, thought to have written the book of James, which is like the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. It's a wisdom book, and it has all this different advice in there. And so let's see what James encourages us to do when it comes to talking and to listening. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Right? Quick to listen, right? slow to speak, slow to become angry. Right? We have how many ears? Two. How many mouths? One. Right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Let's keep going. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you, right? The good news, the word of God, right? The gospel, right? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. I just want to thank Pastor Lindsay for her sermon last Sunday. It was just absolutely awesome. You guys were here. Let's just give her a hand for that. It was just, it was on integrity, right? Where our actions match our beliefs, right? So if we are, have integrity, what we believe is what we do, right? And James is saying a lot of that here today. All right, let's keep going. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forget what he looks like. Right. Let's keep going. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, looking into the word of God, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Right? So we're talking about integrity here, talking about doing what, uh, what we believe, but it's also saying that we need to be good listeners uh, and that sometimes our tongues can get us into trouble. Sometimes our tongues can get us into trouble. Let's keep going with uh, James. Let's go back to James, right? So James 3. We're going to jump from chapter 1 to chapter 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. Have you ever been around a horse like you put that metal bit in their mouth, you hook, hook it onto the reins, and you can control that huge animal, right? Just a small thing controls that big animal, right? Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds that they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So huge ships, right? Wooden sailing ships. We've got big Navy ships, right? All controlled by something that's a lot smaller on the ship, and that's a rudder, right? Let's keep going. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. We can all agree to that. But it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, James was upset with somebody, wasn't he, right? Your tongue is from the devil. Like, you're like, your tongue's on fire from hell, man. You got to watch what you're saying, right? So sometimes our tongues can say nice things, but in this case, James is warning us that it can get us into a lot of trouble. Let's keep going with what James says. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by humankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. 
It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You ever wondered that? Sometimes like we'll be singing hymns here today and praising God and on the way home someone cuts us off in traffic and there go the words. We let them fly, right? Bleep you, right? You can't do that to me. The same mouth, same tongue. Right? So James, like Solomon says, that there's a lot of value in listening first, right? being slow to speak, being slow to get to anger. Right? And it taps back into what Pastor Lindsay said about integrity, right? that our actions match our beliefs. Now, we're going to make mistakes. We're, we're going to say things out, uh, out loud that we shouldn't make, right? God will forgive us for that. But James also says that we can't control the tongue by ourselves, right? We need God's help. We talked about this two weeks ago, right? We are what we think, and what we think comes out of our, of our, our mouths. And so we need God's help to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we are wise with how we use our speech, how we use our tongue. But it's important to think, right, to use our ears first. We have two ears, one mouth. Use our ears first, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. So yesterday, I took my son Luke and one of his friends to uh, basketball practice. I dropped them off, and I came back to our house, and there was, like, this dog that wasn't our dog that jumped up on me, and, and it was, I was petting the dog, and then ran into our garage and wouldn't leave. And... Uh, <laughs> First, I thought it was a stray dog, but then I remembered that, like, months ago, this same dog had escaped from one of our neighbors, had come down to our house and, and done the same thing. Didn't have a collar on, right? So I needed to get the car out of the garage, so I went up to that dog, and I grabbed it by the ears, and I just shook it. I said, get out of my garage! I did not do that. <laughs> I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have hands, that sort of thing. So I want to share a bonus um, proverb with you today that kind of goes along with this. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel not their own. So one, James and Solomon encourage us not to make mistakes in our own lives with our tongues. But especially don't dive into somebody else's business with your tongue, right? So that's just a bonus. Think about me grabbing the dog in my garage. Don't do that. Uh, That's sort of a bonus. Well, as we think about listening I am, by profession, a communicator. It's my job to talk to and listen to people a lot. Sometimes I I do that okay, and sometimes I mess it up. And so just some things in my life that I struggle with as a listener, I just want to maybe share with you and see if you've encountered this before. A lot of times when I've been in a one-on-one conversation with somebody or been in a business meeting for the church or trying to do some ministry meetings, one thing that I'm tempted to do is someone else is talking to me to kind of put them on pause in my brain, and my brain jumps ahead to what I'm going to respond and show them how I know what's right and smart and they need to listen to me. Right? You guys ever done that? That usually doesn't end well. Right? That's, that's an easy temptation that I fall into that I just have to be on guard. And I remember what Mark DeMoss said, right, that listening is an act of will. We have to choose to do it. It's an exercise of our intellect. We have to focus and practice on that. And so... Over the years, I've really had to fight against doing that and just asking God to help me to truly listen, right? Seek first to understand before opening my big mouth or trying to figure out what I'm going. If I need to take a moment or two to think about what they said, that's okay. Right? A lot of times we just need to think, oh, I'm so smart, I'll show you. I mean, it's just 
be quiet and let me tell you how to run your life. So be careful with that. Uh, it also shows up sometimes in my, in my home life or with my family or my friends. Sometimes they'll be talking to me about things that they're excited about. And instead of replying to them, my mind's just somewhere else. I'm thinking about church work. I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat later. I'm thinking about, you know, chores that I got to get to. Uh, and, and then usually, like two or three minutes after they've had a conversation with me, I ask them a question. They said, Dad, I just said that to you one, one minute ago, right? Not because I'm trying to come up with a reply, but because my brain is absent. I'm not in the moment, right? It's, it's such a gift to other people to be present in the moment and focused 100% on them, right? And sometimes, like, if we're in the coffee and donuts and you guys are walking by and you wave to me and I don't wave to you, please don't take that as an insult. I'm trying to focus on the person that I'm talking to. It's just, right, uh, uh, please don't think I'm trying to be rude. Just, I'm really trying to practice. Like, when I'm with somebody, I want to be with somebody, and I just encourage you maybe to think about when you're with somebody. Make them feel like they're the most important person in the world. Because they are, right? To God and in that moment to you. Right? So, but it takes practice. Uh, and it, it is a challenge. And there's sometimes, with the grace of God, that I get listening right. And I hear what a person's saying to me. I'm making eye contact with them. It's a good connection. And I can also hear not only what they're saying, but what's beneath the surface of what's really going on in their life and why they're speaking to me. Maybe it's an unspoken fear. Maybe it's an unspoken hope. Maybe it's unspoken frustration that there's something deeper in the conversation that if I'm careful and I'm prayerful and I listen to God, I'm going to hear below the surface. And I just would invite you maybe to try to practice that with the help of the Holy Spirit because it's important for us to be good listeners. As the Old Testament teaches, as the New Testament teaches, uh, it goes a long way. But it's not easy. It's difficult sometimes, uh, but it's something that we can do. Uh, one more thing today I want to th- think about as far as listening. We listen to each other. We listen to our colleagues at work. We listen to classmates. We listen to coaches. Uh, we listen to teachers. When do we take time to listen to God? As a pastor, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that today. We're here today because we're curious about Jesus. Uh, Maybe we followed Jesus for a long time. Maybe we're trying to come for the first time and check out who Jesus is. How do we listen to Jesus? I want to give you a definition here of of the word prayer. Prayer is talking to and listening to God. Two things, talking to and listening to God. Now, if you're like me, I'm a lot stronger in the talking to God process, right? Hopefully, it's some things like, hey, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving me health. Thank you for giving me family and friends and an awesome church. Uh, God, you're great. You're to be praised, right? Hopefully, it's some really good things that we, we say out loud to God or in our hearts. And it's also okay to say, God, I'm having a rough day and I need some help. Or someone that I know is sick and, God, will you please intervene and heal for them, right? We can talk to God and on behalf of ourselves and other people. We can praise God. We can ask God for things. Right? That's it. all important parts of prayer. But half of prayer is listening to God. And I think this is the part where we struggle. It's harder to listen to God because you don't have God standing in front of you like I am. Right? Some people in history have had that, but a lot of us have not had that experience. Right? And if we do hear from God... Usually it's not in an audible voice like I'm speaking to you now, although some of us do hear audibly from God. I believe in that. I think that's real. But some of us, many of us do not hear that. Or if we hear that, we might think we're going crazy. 
Right? So how do we listen for God? I'd love to listen to God, Pastor Kyle. I try to listen to God, but all I get is crickets. All I get is silence. Like, how do we hear from God? Well, I think it's many different ways. I think God reveals God's self in, in many different ways. I think for some of us, it's audible, and we can hear a voice. I hear God through song. Like today I heard God singing through the choir and through Cole and Jack and Lorene and, and the band. Like I hear God through music a lot, right? This Summer Sound series, right, it's, it's not by accident. I hear, I hear God a lot through music. I hear God through music on the radio, rock and roll stuff. I, I hear God through music. Uh, I think sometimes we hear God through Scripture. We read the Bible. It is God's Word to us. Some of it's hard to understand, but some of it hits us right in the heart at the right time. I think studying Scripture is important. We study Scripture with other people to to do that together. Uh, I think sometimes we hear from God from other people, that someone might say something that really just hits me in the heart. It's something I've been struggling with or wrestling with, and God put them in my path, and like, wow. That was the message I needed to hear from God. So I hear from God from other people. Uh, and sometimes I, I hear from God just thoughts that come into my mind or hunches that come into my gut. Right? It's just something I've been praying about, praying, and all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. Uh, and usually I've been praying for something from God, and it doesn't happen, and then I stop praying, and like an hour or a day later, God sends me some kind of message, like in my thoughts, through another person. It's, it's just kind of cool to hear that. So then the question becomes, well, how do I know that I'm hearing from God? What I'm reading in Scripture, what I'm hearing from another person, hearing from a song. How do I know I'm hearing from God and not just making something up myself? Right? Because a lot of times it's easy to make something up ourselves and say, oh, God wants me to do this. I'm going to do that because that's what I want to do. Right? So how, or, or on the other side, maybe how do I know that I'm not going crazy? Right? It, it, am I really hearing from God? So how do we do that? Well, I think we have to filter it. Right? And there's some filters that we can use when we think that we're hearing from God. We talk about this a lot, but I, I don't think we can talk about it enough. John Wesley, who founded Methodism, we're a Methodist church, said that there's four filters that we can use when we're trying to hear from God. And this is what they are. He calls these the quadrilateral. Quad means four. You can think of a square, right? Scripture, right? So I hear from God, hey, I think you need to quit your job and move to Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? Well, what does Scripture say about that? Well, God's called Abraham to quit his job one time and up and move somewhere, and, and that worked for him. And other people, God used them where they were, right? So we, we need to think about what, what does Scripture say, right? You know, I think I can make a lot of money selling weed and have some money for my family and make people feel good in life, right? Should I go and sell weed, right? What does Scripture say about that? Probably don't go sell weed. But, uh, right, so... We read Scripture. We studied in our small groups. We, we come to church on Sunday, and I talk a lot about Scripture. So there's study guides. There's study Bibles, right? Scripture is the Word of God. It's a good place to start. What is tradition? Let's, stick with, let's just keep this up here, guys. Um, so with tradition, right, it's what the church teaches, right? The church has been around for a couple thousand years. Sometimes we get it horribly wrong. Sometimes we get it incredibly right. Right? The church has opinions on about everything. Right? So if you're curious about what the Methodist Church thinks about something, I can help you with that. Or not just beyond the Methodist Church. What does the, Christian, the whole Christian church say? Or to break it down even closer, like, what do the people in my small group think? Right? They're Christians. They follow Jesus. Right? Should I move to Albuquerque and quit my job? Maybe it's yes, maybe it's no. But who are the people that know me, who study the Bible, who know the Word? Right? What, what do they say from other Christian perspective? 
right? Then there's reason. Use your brains. We talked about this two weeks ago. I'll repeat everything that I said. If you missed that message, we talked about the importance of the brains that God gives us to think, not to check our brains at the door, right? Think about it. And then our, our personal experience is, does this fit with my experience of God in my life? Not to say that God can't absolutely change the experience because God is famous for like turning things upside down, right? But these are four ways to filter what we think about when we're, when we're uh, thinking about are we hearing from God. And it's important to have a filter because this is a, this is a challenge here. If we don't have a filter, go to the next slide. Filters are important because it's easy to falsely rubber stamp our ideas with God's approval. Have you ever done that? This is a great idea. I want to do it. I think God wants me to do it too. Here's my yes stamp. Yes, thank you, God. Right? It's easy to falsely rubber stamp our ideas with God's approval. God's calling me to do this. Sometimes God is calling you to do that. And sometimes you're calling yourself to do it and you're just saying God agrees with it, right? Because we can't hear God all the time. So filters are important. But what's really important if you want to hear from God is something we talked about in this series already from this passage in Psalms 46:10. God says, be still and know that I'm God. When do you actively listen to God? Hopefully you're listening to God in worship today. Hopefully you're listening through the message, through the scriptures. Hopefully you're listening through the songs. Hopefully throughout the week you're reading your Bibles. Uh, you're talking and listening to God, praying for God. You're in a small group in our church and you're, you're talking about real life issues. Uh, but it can just be you and God one-on-one, right? Just make time to listen to God. When do you talk to? When do you listen to God? And I really encourage you today to stick around after our worship service, after coffee and donuts, to come to the prayer meeting that Pastor Lindsay's leading because it's going to be awesome. Because a lot of us struggle with prayer. How do I talk to God? How do I listen to God, right? Today we're going to give you experience how to do that. We won't put you on the spot. We won't make you do anything in front of somebody. You're not going to have to talk in King James English, right? It's, a, it's an opportunity to practice listening to God. So I really hope you'll stick around. If you can't do that, it's okay. There'll be other opportunities, but, but we'll help you stick around if you can. It's, it's a great way to do that. So what's the big idea today? What's the point? What's the takeaway? This is what I think it is. God gave us mouths that close and ears that don't, right? Say that with me. God gave us mouths that close and ears that don't, right? So close your mouth, listen to God, right? One action step, I'm going to say it in three different ways. Open your ears before you open your mouth, right? That's easy. Open your ears before you open your mouth, right? Listen before you speak, or to be very blunt, shut up and listen. <laughs> God gave us mouths that close and ears that don't. So listen before you speak. So as the band and the choir come up to uh, lead us in the next song, I just want to take a few minutes, maybe a couple minutes here, invite you to close your eyes and open your ears and in your heart say, God, speak to me. God, I know that you have things to say to me and please speak to me. Speak to me now in my heart. Speak to me through the songs that we're going to hear through the rest of, the, of, the, uh, uh, of our worship service. Speak to me through the prayer meeting today that Pastor Lindsay's going to make. Speak to me throughout this week as I open my Bible, uh, as I talk to other believers. Just today, right here, right now, make a conscious decision that you want to listen to God. So let's take a couple of moments and let's do that together. Listen to God.